I'm Kim Fleck. And I'm Eric Harris. And this is Healing is in Your Hands. The purpose of this podcast is to share different perspectives on holistic healing and how you can take back your healing power. Today we are doing something new by going live on Instagram at the same time as we are taping the podcast. So really pretty much anything uh, could happen (laughs) and already has. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, that's the beauty of live. I think that's why everybody likes it, because they like being able to watch people mess up in real time. So, (laughs) you know, we'll see how it goes. Living on the edge with healing (laughs) is in your hand. We can have Mara do a little Bon Jovi music in the background, like, living on a prayer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask you the first question. You're going to ask me the first one? All right. The question can be in reference to a teacher in any period of time in your life. I mean, it could be preschool. It could be... um, college, high school, graduate school. It could be a teacher you have that wasn't even a teacher in the sense of being in a school. Okay. You ready? Yeah, that was helpful. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So name a teacher, a teacher that Mm -hmm. had an impact on your life and why. Okay. So yeah. Um, I'm glad you said that about not necessarily school because I was thinking about, oh, school, and they're trying to think about names of teachers and this and that. Um, But, you know, a lot of people know about Dr. Ming Wu was one of my teachers that had an impact on my life. But um, I'm going to go with a different person here. Um, I don't even remember this guy's last name at this point because it's been so long. But um, there was this guy named Bruce that I learned primitive skills from. Yeah, I forget his last name. So Shout out to Bruce. We don't know your last name. Yeah, (laughs) it's probably better, actually, that I wouldn't say his last name, knowing this guy. So, uh, you know, when I was at Springfield College, I did this thing called freshman camp. And as part of it, this this guy was there teaching people primitive skills. And it was incredible. Like I learned how to, I've talked about this on some other episodes, but, you know, that's where I learned I first had to learn how to forage for wild food. And, you know, I, he taught me how to make a debris shelter, do fire by friction, like all these things. Wow. We did a sweat lodge, you know, a lot of Native American tradition stuff. How so old were you during this? I was probably 21, I think. Wow. So. Um, You're fancy. And, you know, I've always <laughs> been connected to nature. And so it really opened my eyes even more. And so that's why it was so impactful, because I. I still use a lot of the teachings that I learned from him right. uh, to this day. That's why I really got, I got into foraging and currently for, you know, still forage. So, yeah. So who was a teacher that was impactful for your life and why? I feel like I should have went first. Because <laughs> <laughs> yours is all like super serious. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm well, gonna, whatever. I'm always I'm super going, serious. I know. So just roll with it. So. And, and my life's so... Um, different. <laughs> so I'm going to tell tell the truth here. And then if people ever watch it or listen, it's fine. So um, my impactful teacher uh, was in a, in a different way, but it's funny now. It may not have been funny at the time initially, but it became funnier and it became funnier and funnier as the years gone on because she's still a very close friend of mine. And her name is Mrs. Ferguson. And she was my high school English teacher. And in high school, without getting into too much detail, I was kind of a little um, uh, rambunctious, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I, I, in a good way, in a not a bad way, in a good way, and in a challenging way, right? So I still played three seasons of sports. I was captain of two, but I was very consistently getting into um, mayhem. And so, sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> So this woman, <laughs> she definitely impacted me in my behavior, but also how I would become a teacher later. So I'm going to tell you one story. Um, I kind of thought I was a little bit above the law in some way. I don't know why at age 15 or 16, I thought I was. And I was always, um, and struggle with this today, a perfectionist. So I didn't like when people criticize things and I would get annoyed, right? And she wasn't criticizing me in hindsight, but at the time I was really annoyed. So I had written this paper. I thought it was fine and, you know, did my deal and I got a C on it. And I was furious that I would get a (laughs) C on it. So I'm 
yelling about this, that, and the other in another teacher's class because that's one of my problems is at the time was being very impulsive. I had ADHD, but I was definitely not doing anything about it other than things that weren't helpful. And I was yelling that um, I was going to burn down her house. Can, wow. can you imagine? I'm going to burn down her house. I'm going to see. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so she comes up and this is what she taught me, though. This woman is amazing and beautiful and smart and just the coolest lady. And she showed up at my locker and I was opening up the locker and she shut the locker a little and she said, so you're going to burn down my house? I thought I was going to throw up, right? So I'm like <laughs> mortified and I'm like, no, no. You know, she's like, yeah, yeah, you, you, you did say that. So going forward, she would call me Sparky hmm. and um, she had me stay after, like she ran national honor society and stuff. She made me stay after. She's like, I don't care what sport you play. Now you're going to be in here doing this. And she would give me these funny, and I still have them, cartoons where it would be like peanut characters and Linus would get come up to Charlie Brown and he would be like, well, what happened? I got into this altercation with my teacher, blah, 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 at school today. Well, why are you going back? And it would say counter counterattack. And then she would like write at the bottom, this is you, Sparky. And then at senior um, ceremonies at the end, in front of an entire audience, she's telling this whole story about how I threatened to burn down the house. <laughs> and um, she hears, my, my parents are at this now, right? And I'm just like, and we're really close teacher and student at this point. She hands me a, it was a fire extinguisher squirt gun and gave me a huge hug and how much she enjoyed me in her class. And Aww. so instead of being somebody, which had a huge impact on who I went and taught later on, right? I chose to teach emotional, behavioral, learning, challenging students that may have come from different backgrounds, be it, you know, poverty, alcoholic homes, different things, right? And, um, and respect them and use humor. And she taught me those things. She taught me those things in those moments where she was like, yes, she could have got me suspended. She could have thrown me out. She, but instead, she brought me into the honor society classes for detention. She had me work with her as much as, as, much as she could, right? Um, she gave me a fun little nickname. She showed up at my basketball games, right? And um, I'm getting like, ah. but she was just, she's just amazing. And we still talk and I still have, still, I'm 48 years old. I was 15, then 16, right? Um, we talked all through college, graduate school, on and off, here and there. We'd always stay in touch. And I still have those Charlie Brown too sparky so uh, she was the biggest impact with my poor behavior shout out awesome. to you mrs ferguson i know you're not on instagram but you are on facebook <laughs> <laughs> see that was good that was great yeah but yours is more like i'm always doing something not very what are you talking about burning yours down someone's house <laughs> Been yeah, in PSS. It's great. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's a good what, thing. The, it's not. It was in. You the get 80s. the moral. Yeah, but yeah, but the whole encompassing answer and the moral of the story is is beautiful. So oh, I love yeah. Angela. By being it, upset, you showed you wanted to do better. Those who can read emotions make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, as, and showing your growth and your yep. you know. So that's why that's why it's beautiful. Yeah. True so. story. Healing is in your hands is sponsored by Brand Fearless, social media for social good. Everything we do, we do with the idea of bringing good to the world. And Chi for Healing, using holistic healing practices to connect the mind, body, and spirit. Healing is in your hands is looking for sponsors who share our mission to educate and empower through holistic healing. If your business is interested in becoming a sponsor, email us at healingisinyourhands at gmail.com. Or you can click the link at the bottom of the description in your app to make a monthly donation of as little as 99 cents a month. All right, you ready? Sure. All right. What was your favorite toy growing up? And if you don't have a favorite toy, it could be a favorite thing that you did growing up, like, like instead of a toy, because I know you're the forage walker. You probably built yeah. forts and stuff. 
Yeah, I was definitely as outside as much as possible. Um, as an only <laughs> child for till I was like well, 10, that's, too. That's right, that's right. I learned how to play with myself and actually just go make friends. I would just go down the block and just go play with whoever, um, wherever I went. You know, it's funny. One thing about me that some of my close people know is like, I don't remember one exact toy. I mean, there's plenty of experiences as a child that I had sure. that were great. But when you ask that question of a toy, I think about how um, basically if you were to pick up a rock and wrap it up in a box and give it to me and I opened it, I would probably be really excited about like it. The like the pet rocks? One, like I'm one of the best person to give a gift to because I'm very appreciative of everything. So like that's what my wife will say. Like she loves giving gifts to me. So because it could be the most minuscule Send Eric thing. gifts. This is a subliminal message. And, and, and I would love it, you know? So like, I, I don't know. So I think like my favorite toy is like whatever was there for the moment. Like every yep. Christmas, that's my favorite toy. Like like, you know, so sure. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, I remember yeah. Pet Rock, though. Pet Rocks were the jam. I'm thinking more about like the first crystal that was given to me it was an amethyst. How old were you when you were doing this? I was like eight years old and like, I was very what? excited about that. <laughs> this is so. not what I was doing at eight. Here's my <laughs> amethyst. <laughs> No, I think Eric. we had a little bit of a different upbringing. Oh, oh yes, sir. That is true. That's why we're good with yin and yang. And, yeah. You know, we're all right. I mean, I had I had like multiple upbringings, so, but just because of, yeah, multiple families. So, you know, I had, I was exposed to a lot of different things. So anyways, I guess the round of the story is maybe my first, first crystal that was given to me was my favorite toy. So, all right. Yeah. Oof. Okay. <laughs> what? So what about you? What was your favorite toy? Um, it wasn't that. <laughs> Just like I wasn't learning how to burn things in the woods um, or have a sweat Sorry lodge. I love it on the Flintstones. Yeah. Um, sweat lodge. Uh, my fa- So my favorite thing growing up was always stuffed animals, which isn't shocking considering that my favorite thing in the world is animals. So I would surround myself with all these animals like, and it was insane. But as far as a real toy toy, my favorite thing growing up was light bright. Oh, and I okay. didn't like the light brights that had the images already done out for you where you just filled it in with colors. My mom was really good about getting me the light bright that had the blank pages. Hmm. So you created your own image and you got to do your own art on light bright and it still lit up, but it was your art. So it's kind of like the joys that kids have now with iPads and doing that. But the funny thing is in 19, well, no, I guess it was 2001. When I was teaching in Lawrence, I had a light bright in my classroom and my middle school students loved it. But they too, which I thought was so interesting, liked blank. They didn't want it to be already done out for them. They wanted to do their yeah. own creative design. Create your own palette. Yeah. yeah. So even though I wasn't going to fancy art classes and all this stuff that a lot of people got to do, um, I still got to express my art in other ways. We like yeah. What accomplishment are you most proud of? Oh, boy. Can you hear my cat uh, screaming? Can you hear No. Her? No, Gosh. I can't. Her name is Lady um, Key, and she's been screaming for days. What a comp- <laughs> Oh, okay. What accomplishment am I most proud of? Um, That's hard. You know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with graduating college. Because um, there was a time in my life where I didn't even know if I was going to go to college or like even be able to complete it and like get was my that when you had dreads so. and you were surfing? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, well, <laughs> that's different times in my life, but yeah. Tell. But yeah. They think so, you're so perfect. I'm not perfect at all. You <laughs> I said me? they think that. Oh, yeah. That's um, some light. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I guess graduating college because you know, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, I guess it's not that big of a deal, but what? I don't know. It's a big, it's a big it's a deal big to me. Deal. So, it's a very big uh, deal. and I got so many other things I could throw out there too, but if you got to ask for one, 
I'll, I'll go with you that. You can give a second one if you want. All right. Well, I've had my own business for 10 years. Like that is an accomplishment. A big deal. Yep. Um, you know, so it's, it's, you know, cheap for you. It is it's a big kicking. deal. And uh, they say after you know, five years, it's a big deal. You've doubled. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, I'm, I'm, I feel very proud about that, that, you know, I'm sure. getting my mission out there and helping people. And um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud about that too. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So what about you? What's, you know, the accomplishment you're most proud of? Um, if I was going to be re- reflecting on my life as a whole, um, and it was in health encompassed, was encompassed in that, I would say um, my health journey. Um, because that was, that has probably been, um, the most ongoing kind of little accomplishment every day kind of thing, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense or not. It makes sense to me. I know yeah, all about like that. Like just getting through, um, <laughs> what it was like to have no hair on my entire body, what it's like to lose it sometimes and what it's like that it might be gone again, what it's like mm-hmm. to live with an ostomy for the rest of your life. Um, what it's like to be other, right? Um, And live with intermittent pain. And and yet still, I am very proud of the fact that I came through that and I'm still going through that, but that I came through it without being angry and bitter, um, without being super, super sad. There are moments where I'm sad about certain things that are gone but embracing the things that allow me to spiral up. And if I had to pick something academically, my graduate studies, I'm extremely proud of. Um, I went to Assumption. I did grad school there without having to take the GREs. I pitched my story to them because Mm -hmm. I have a serious um, math disability and I knew I wouldn't be able to get in with that. And I pitched my story, told them what I was doing with these kids. I passed the special education test before to be a teacher before I ever took one class in Massachusetts. And I got an 85. I met Uh with the nuns. I was in a cast. I had an eyebrow ring and I had a bandana on. And (laughs) they were like, oh, you're just like we thought you were going to (laughs) be. And I I worked so hard. And I wanted, because I I really screwed around in art school. And I was too young. I was 17 when I went into art school. And in graduate school, it was about proving something not only to other people, but to myself. Um, I really was addressing my ADHD. There's a lot of professors there I love and hold dear to heart. And I graduated with a 4.0 straight A's across the entire board from a private Catholic school. And who would have thought that, like, mm-hmm. you know, if they saw this 13 to 20-something-year-old lunatic <laughs> running around, you know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very pleased with our podcast, to be honest. Very happy yeah. about our podcast. So, yeah. yeah, there's so many things I could throw yeah. out there. So, and yeah. it, I think it's more about, <laughs> like, your accomplishments in different um, areas of your life, right? Yeah. I mean, you have a beautiful marriage. Your relationship stuff is, right? Yeah. That's yeah. That's an accomplishment. I think of my parents, how long they've been married. And I'm like, that's an accomplishment, you yeah, know? Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm proud just, of this home. Yeah. That, your tree house. And, and, you know, so yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things. I so. think this is a lot of things. Yeah. So it's a pretty mm-hmm. open-ended question. How about this yeah. one? If you could time travel, time travel, where would you go? Whoa. That's a, yeah. Time well, travel. so... I don't know about going in the future because I'm not sure how things are going <laughs> these days. So um, maybe you could go backwards so, and fix some yeah, stuff that, yeah, so that yeah. COVID never happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a lot um, of things never happened. We'd have to go but, really far back. Yeah, I mean, I think I would go really far back. Um, uh, I, I always wanted to be with untouched land with, with pure land, like where it was not, you know, polluted by man. So, uh, I would maybe go back to like the time of like native Americans, like before colonists came, you know, and, and, uh, really feel what it's like to have that connection to nature, to live with the land, to live with community, um, to live, you know, with creator and, uh, 
yeah so i guess i would go back to those times so i could totally times. see you doing that yeah so that's what i would that's do that's <laughs> cool yeah um i i wouldn't want to go into the future same as you yeah <laughs> um I'm, this is gonna sound weird if i could time travel and go back to younger kim and that could in some way impact some of my decision making then it'd be cool to time travel but if i'm just going back to see it like you know like in the what is that um christmas story where he sees all the things he did ebenezer Scrooge oh yeah else. but he doesn't really yeah. doesn't change it right so yeah, christmas um, carol yeah See, that, that, then I can just blame this on the brain lesions every time I forget everything. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to do either because I know cool. I can't change my past. It's part yeah. of who I am. And I don't want to necessarily know the future. So I, yeah. I guess historically, I just would keep taking the time to learn and be a lifelong learner and from the past in hopes that the future will be better. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. We will be right back after a brief word from our sponsor. Healing is in Your Hands is sponsored by Ralphie's Retreat, a no-kill shelter located in western Maine dedicated to cats who have been diagnosed with feline leukemia. Ralphie's opened in July of 2013 with the mission of providing FELV cats from all over the United States with healthy, happy, long lives. Some come from homes where their owners could no longer care for them, or from shelters that euthanize cats just for testing positive. Ralphie's treats leukemia with both Western and alternative medicines. The cats have access to natural light, beautiful indoor spaces, a fenced yard with climbable trees, butterflies, and more. We hope that you will consider donating or sponsoring some of Ralphie's fabulous felines. You can learn about Ralphie's life-saving work and their beautiful feline friends at ralphiesretreat.org. That's Ralphie's, R-A-L-P-H-I-E-S, retreat.org. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. With your help, we can change the outlook for FELV cats around the country through love, compassion, advocacy, and education. Here's one for you, and I hope you do a good one on this. What is something our listeners might be shocked to know about you? Shocked. Oh, this is, you've been waiting to shocked. ask this question, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we, we brought it up with uh, our episode with <laughs> Hannah's Field. But at one time, I had dreadlocks that were down to here. Um, so I'm looking, like, below my shoulder. Um, I formed them while I was in college and when I went to Australia to uh, study abroad. And, uh, yeah. And I was a big hippie. Um, I used to smoke a lot of pot and I, one time I toured around, uh, with music festivals all over the country. And so that's, you know, I could totally maybe people, see that. maybe people don't know that about me. Some people do, but yeah. So that's, you know, that's, that's me and my, my, uh, late and, teens, and early now 20s. you're a good, good boy. Yeah. Yeah. I shave my head and I don't party and I don't really go to music festivals anymore. So, but you know, I still love music and I still have the, the dreads and the, and the hippie in my heart. So, you know, yeah, that's always good. a good thing. It's all part of the experience. Just like you said, I wouldn't change anything. No. So, you know, no. there's times where I've wanted to be like, Oh, I wish I could go back before I broke my back or I wish that right. you know, this and that, you know, before I got headbutted or, you know, whatever, yeah. but all the things. I can't change that before the car accident, like, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it's all part of my experience. So and the yeah. same goes for, you know, my days as a hippie. You're still a little hippie. Yeah. I, you know, it never really goes away. I think that's a know. beautiful thing to be. But I don't have the dreads anymore. So, <laughs> and, and I don't live the lifestyle as much. So. <laughs> Sorry. You do the I couldn't, foraging. I, could, I couldn't the... handle it. Yeah, no, I couldn't handle that. that lifestyle. No, that's that's a lifestyle made for a late teens, early twenties. Right, raves and stuff, glow sticks. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, I was more into like hippie jam, you know, jam band stuff. You know, yeah. Grateful Dead. Grateful and Dead all stuff. Stuff associated fish. with that. So, not as much a fish fan. Really? Yeah, just so you know. Yeah. 
Been to many shows, listen to probably all their music. I wasn't a fish fan either. That's interesting. I'm really not a fish fan. I was friends with a lot of fish heads. A lot of fish heads, uh, yeah. You know, but I'm a deadhead through and through. Yeah, so that's awesome. (laughs) I love it. But so now, yeah. So what? So what about you? What is something our listeners might be shocked to know about you? I'm I'm very intrigued. I'm not sure our listeners would be shocked. (laughs) All right. Well, then that's not a good answer. Give me something. Um. Jeez. My mom's on this feed. <laughs> Although uh, my mom knows everything. Just, just cover your ears. <laughs> no, my mom knows everything. Um, something they would be shocked to know. I don't know if they'd be shocked by this, but I used to smoke cigarettes. Okay. So, which was really... Is that sp- why you have a raspy voice? No. And you know what? People have asked me that. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like, and I was talking to, to a friend the other day about that because, you know, I've had all this throat issues, right? Yeah. And, um, but I smoked in high school on and off, even though I played three seasons of sports and I smoked on and off through art school into, um, I think I was like 31 or 32 when I quit, but I didn't smoke like two packs a day or something, but I always smoked. Like I liked it. And, but I always had a raspy voice. And even when I was in high school, um, I used to get discounted gas because this guy was like, just talk because you sound just like Demi Moore. And I'm like, I wish I looked like Demi Moore, (laughs) you know? So I've always had a raspy voice. It added to that problem though, I think. And that was one of the reasons why I became really nervous. Um, They had found a um, granulolum, is that how you say it? In my lung. And as soon as that took place, I was like, I'm good. You know, I'm not doing this anymore. so I quit right after I came back from London. So I think it was 2002, maybe. And I never okay. picked up again. Yeah. I just stopped. You, yeah, I, I had a similar thing. Not as long, but like I would I would dabble in cigarettes a little bit in yeah. my teenage years off and on. But just like you, because I played a lot of sports, I would never do it in season. And I was oh, never I did it like... In season. I was never a bit. Well, I didn't do it in season. I was never a big smoker, and I remember by the time I was like eighteen, I was like. But you smoke pot, and with you smoking yeah, pot, yeah, I smoke pot instead. Bad, so right? yeah, bad. but it's I don't like, think it's just as bad. But, well, the papers. Know. I mean, for your lungs, back yeah, then. Yeah, back then. Yeah, like, you're smoking blunts and stuff. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Back then, like hash. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so you know, I was doing yeah. all kinds of things that were. Really I, it's good. actually worse if you if you're smoking blunts. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I do uh, think smoking. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped that. Oh, what she said. Oh, how did you stop? You know, I had tried to stop on and off for a while. Um, I worked in really stressful jobs, and I'm not saying that as an excuse, but that was one reason. And if I went out for drinks back then, you could in Boston, you could smoke in the places, and -hmm. it was just very social. Like I would sit outside and smoke and have a drink and talk to people, Um, and it was just a very social thing. It wasn't really about anything other than that. I knew the, the bad part of smoking. I have family members with very serious stuff with that. Um, the, the funny part about, I wanted to say the funny part about me smoking is I'm allergic to cigarettes. Like I'm allergic to cigarette smoke. So I don't even know how I ever did it at all. I'm still allergic to it. Yeah. Well, when you're a crazy teenager, you just, you do crazy things. Yeah, But see, I wasn't a teenager anymore. I was older. It is what it is. Yeah. Wow, that's it's all good. Well, yeah, you know what, too. Good. Again, like with ADHD, there are proven studies like like that releases serotonin and stuff. The yeah. smoke, and I would mm-hmm. actually be very calm when I smoked, and I found yeah. it to be almost like a, um, I don't know, like what other people's Ritalin or Adderall was doing yeah. for them was. Oh yeah, my buddy be. Joe, we call him Smoking Joe. Yeah, you know, or Two Pack Joe. You know, he still smokes, and he had ADD yeah. and was on Ritalin and stuff like that, and it would help him. Yeah, you know? and so, when they stopped, yeah. you know, and they show in some of these uh, mental hospitals where they released a bunch of people, you know, like, but when they used to allow people in those facilities to smoke and pace, there mm-hmm. was less incidence of violence. Yeah. And then when they took it away, it upticked. When I was in grad school, Just I read let them these pace studies. Then. Well, let I think they needed smoke. both. I think they <laughs> yeah. needed both things going. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. and I'm no, not justifying hard. smoking at all. Like I think it's yeah. a bad idea. But I can understand, yeah. relate, and get it. And there have been times, I freely admit it, where I've been somewhere and I'm like, that doesn't smell that bad, right? <laughs> and I'm like, but just to answer this, our friend here's question: How did you stop? 
I had to change my environment because going into places where people are smoking and drinking and doing the same thing over and over again um, would only lead some possible going backwards, right? Yeah. And I also think I've worked with people to help them quit smoking and mm. like it really, it, you have to make the decision a hundred percent that you yeah. want to smoke. Like that you want to stop smoking, excuse me. Like they, either, they you want to smoke, want to smoke. <laughs> either you want to smoke or you don't want to smoke. Right. You know what I mean? Like, sure. and, and once you make that decision, it, it you know, it's not, it's not easy, but no, it becomes easier easy. to quit. And, you know, if you had that little shred of doubt, like, oh, well, I can always just have one or I can always go back or, you know, oh, maybe it'll stick this time or oh, I'm going to try quitting. Right. You know? It, you're you're giving yourself permission to, and that's fine. Everybody has to do what they have to do, you know. Yeah. But I, I notice the difference when people say, "This is it. I'm quitting this time. I'm not doing it again." You know what I mean? I'm done. You know, I mean that's you know what worked for Carrie. Carrie used to smoke. Yeah, I'm throwing her under the bus. I but, was just gonna uh, say, how's that, know. Carrie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, she decided that she was never gonna have a cigarette in her 30s. There so you go, see? that woman was smoking cigarettes up to 29 <laughs> and night. you know, yeah, yeah, that night, you know, and then that's it. She's never had a cigarette again. Thank God. Well, no, it was even dating back to when my dad used to smoke as a kid. I remember yeah. like, yeah, I just, my eyes are water and I just, it's, I'll get a sore throat and yeah, it's, I also and it's probably because all the chemicals. I also think you but, have to substitute what the trigger is in your behavior that makes you want to pick up the exactly. cigarette. I, at least for yeah. me, I had to do that. Oh, I've had to do that people. with all kinds of things in my life that um, my impulsivity and I, I, I freely admit I have ADHD, um, but I'm no, you know, and I was on Ritalin through graduate school, not Adderall because they were afraid of make me hypermanic, but Ritalin mm. um, and it really helped me. But then when I started doing things like yoga and Qigong and, and trying to slow my mind and you know, give those monkeys a job and replacing things when I get anxious or angry or annoyed or frustrated with something other than a cigarette, right? Or nervous. So as long as you find other things, I used art a lot and photography a lot as things yeah. like, uh, and nature and animals, but everybody's different. So, yeah, you, know. you just got to figure out what will work for you. Sure. You know, for Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So what, what are we doing next? How about what personality trait has gotten you in the most trouble? I don't know if this is a personality trait, but um, my loud voice has gotten me in a lot of trouble in my life. <laughs> so because anywhere I go, <laughs> people are going to hear me. You know, I can hide in a crowd because I'm small in stature. Yeah. But if I start speaking, everybody knows where I am. <laughs> So, you know, you could be, you know, a hundred yards that way and I could be like, Hey, you know, you, yeah. you, you'd hear me. So, and definitely when I was younger, I used to, you know, I used to swear like a trucker and, <laughs> you know, and I would get detention in school and I just couldn't help myself. So you know, that's, that's probably what most trouble I got in for now with meditation and Qigong and my lifestyle, you know, I don't, I don't get in as much trouble for no, my voice. It's working for your advantage. Yeah, you yeah. Now I use it. Advantage made it an advantage. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what you have to do, though, right? You gotta yeah. So what? What script. about you? <laughs> um, definitely, definitely, my thing that is a personality trait that could get me into trouble are kind of linked together. My passion and my impulsivity can come out wrong, right? So if I feel really passionate about something, and I see injustice. That's one of my things. Um, I might, nowadays I'm way better, way better. I used to just blurt things out. Like you can't say that or you can't do that or you can't hurt this person. And it didn't matter if you were saying my boss, <laughs> a hmm. principal, a family member. So you had no problem speaking your truth. I had then. no yeah. Throat chakra was fully just open. fully open yeah. since <laughs> a young age. And <laughs> 
And most of the time with all fairness, I didn't perceive it as a problem because I felt like I was speaking my truth and that what these people or person was doing was hurtful. Like it was hurting people or hurting an animal or maybe sometimes it was done in, in a nasty way when I used to be really sarcastic, which I've learned not to do. That's like ripping the skin of people off. I just don't think that's helpful. But um, yeah, it was just... I was really passionate about something. You know, I've I've stood up to um, school things alone many times. You know, what you know, a lot of people would be behind you going, "Oh, we got your back," and they all say they're gonna be with you, but you're by yourself later. You know, but at the same time, like you just said, I think it's a positive because um, I know my truth, and I and I want to say it now. I think about things before I just do them or send off an email, like just. Like, yeah, sleep on it. <laughs> I've never got, well, I guess I have done that a few times. I don't know if I'm evolved that much that I'd wait that long because I'm someone that just stays in their head a lot because I'll replay things, right? That's part yeah. of my ADHD too. But as long as I'm able to express it in some way, even if it's not to that person, maybe if I write it out or I talk it out with somebody else or I draw it out, or it has to come out or it stays in my head. And yeah. that's not a helpful thing. Um, so yeah, All so right. impulsivity and passion, but I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. If like you just said, you flip the script and do it in a way that yeah. is productive. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. How about um, what books have had an impact on you? Book or books? You, uh, you have a lot. Oh, of books. geez. I know you've seen my bookshelf. Yeah. God, there's so many books. Um, there's this book called The Lost Language of Plants by Stephen Harrod Buner. That's like amazing. That's a mouthful. Talking about plant Stephen communication. Harrod. Stephen Harrod Buner. He actually wrote a book called Bueller? Healing Lime too. No, yeah, Bueller. That, oh, that's, Healing that's really Lime. Cool I know that book. Yeah, there you go. So you know that author. Um, not by another name, one. apparently. <laughs> yeah, not by name, but that's cool. Another one. Um, so let's go like uh, like fiction, like um, The Alchemist. By Paolo Kahlo. Oh, that's you know that Ma- Marianne loves that book. Mary, yeah, that's on I love here that right book. now. She's a big fan. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm into a lot of, I guess, spiritual self-help kind of books or nature books. So that's like basically my my jam. You know, we like a lot of Hay House authors. Oh, too, yeah. So there's plenty love, love me a Hay books House. up in there. All right. So what, what books have had an impact on your life? People probably haven't heard of my book. Well, actually, they'll hear of some of them. So The Lorox is one of my faves of all time. So Dr. Seuss, I'm sure people have. And it sits in my library to this day. I think it has one of the most powerful messages for people to, especially today, Mm -hmm. open up and revisit. Um, There's a book called Life After God by Douglas Mm -hmm. Copland, I believe is how you say his last name. Sits in my bookcase to this day, um, in my wisdom feng shui corner. Um, had a very profound effect on me. Um, I do not remember the name of the woman who wrote this book, but there is a book called Potato Chips for Breakfast. Oh. And it was about growing up. In Carrie alcohol- would like that. Yeah, well, it was about growing up in an alcoholic home. <laughs> so I don't know. But um, it had a very profound effect on me. And my fourth favorite book, besides The Artist Way, everyone knows that, is um, Robert Faulkner's book, Everything I Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Mm. And I think if people read just a few of those books, they would um, be doing themselves a favor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They're great, great books with lessons. I'm all about storytelling with a lesson, right? Even Woo Kitty stuff that's coming out that we're doing, it's all about a lesson. Like Wisdom in the Meow is the wisdom of the the animal to share with the people because animals are more present. So um, they model for us what we could be doing. And yeah. I aspire to be <laughs> as chill as woo, woo kitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that those books, yeah, definitely. And like you, I love Hay House. I love Wayne Dyer. I love Louise Hay. I love, I love yeah. Marie Folio and Chris Carr, all these, these other mm-hmm. people. But as far yeah. as way Abraham back, Hicks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what else? Um, Baga, Baga, how you say it? Bhagavad Gita. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that? That That's Christina Lucy's. That Luce. is a serious book to read. 
Yeah, yeah. that that's her jam. You know that, yep. right? No, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So and and the yeah. Tao of Pooh. I yeah, love the Tao of Pooh. I have it on audio. Yeah. I listen to it. I have the book. I have yeah. the tea of piglet. Like mm. those kind of things. That's how I I take in information better that way. You know, like yeah. in those those kind of scenarios through story, the storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. You know what book I, I remember as a kid was uh The Giving Tree by oh, yes. Silverstein. I have all I his other stuff kid. with yeah. the little um missing piece and all of those. Mm. Do you know his I have those two? Yeah. The the light in the attic. Uh-huh. I have those. I too. remember all those. Yes. Yeah, I read I read Brilliant. all those. Yeah. Brilliant. See? Yeah. Yeah. There's a wisdom yeah. in those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. That's all I would draw as a kid was just trees. Oh, actually, so I love cool. drawing trees, and yeah, I know. I think it was part of that book was what started yeah. that with me. So it was a very yeah. good book. Yeah. Those are all good books. So, okay, listeners, yeah. everybody should be going to get those books. Our sponsor, Ralphie's Retreat, has a new book out on Amazon titled "Mighty Milo Meets the Problem Virus," written and illustrated by Cheryl Johnson, dedicated to all cats and those who love them, and to Woo Kitty. Milo the cat wants to spread love and compassion, but strange tiny invaders start showing up all over the country. What can a smart feline do to help out his human friends? This is a story about how Milo saves the day with a little help from an unexpected friend. Way to go, Milo. All proceeds from this book go towards Ralphie's retreat and feline leukemia. Look for the book link in the episode notes. Um, what fictional character, fictional, do you wish you could meet? Oh boy. These are some good questions. Um, I'm going to go probably what most people would probably think. I know what you're going to say. Let's see. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go with Gandalf the Grey. (gasps) No, I thought you were going to say Yoda. From Lord of the Rings. Yoda would be cool too. Yoda's my jam. I can't believe but, it's Yoda. But I'm going with Gandalf. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. A, a wizard, you know, he, he is never late. He always arrives precisely when he needs to. <laughs> so that that's, you know, basically how I live my life. Um, and, you know, I have You're the whole so Hobbit funny. thing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm Frodo and this You're and totally that, Frodo. You know, so, you know yeah. so, yeah. I read all the Lord of the Rings and... Like, I loved all that stuff. Oh I love the God. books way better than the movies, but, you know, so good. I surprised you. You did. I definitely <laughs> thought it was going to be Yoda. Yeah. I mean, I love Yoda, too, but, you know, what? So what do you got? Who's, who's your fictional character you'd like to meet? Um, if I was going with the Star Wars theme, I would say I'd want to meet Han Solo. <laughs> he, he'd be my my 20 for my 80, 20 lifestyle. (laughs) Um, But uh, if I was picking like character characters, I would love to meet like, just to be a dork, but Garfield and Odie, because Garfield and Odie were my jam growing up. And like, I can draw them all right-handed and left-handed. I just had everything Garfield and Odie. Uh, Same with Kermit the Frog. I would Mm. show Kermit the Frog. And sing the Rainbow Connection. I'd be down with that. There you go. You know who I love? The comic? I loved uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Any of those. Kind we of could things. go in a lot of directions, I guess. Yeah. Like if it you know. was like, like I love Star Wars as a kid. I was not the Barbie girl. Like I, I had yeah. all like the Luke Skywalker. And Yoda had a, um, like I had all the characters and he, he had an orange snake and you could take it off and he had a cloak and he had all Yeah. yeah. Even like sometimes. Yoda. Sometimes even Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. is even more like you know I don't know but yeah yeah well you know I yeah. like to surprise you so you did um, <laughs> <laughs> all right all right what's our next question um what's the first thing you do when you get home from a trip oh that's easy uh, pour myself a cup of tea a hot cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah, and then I would probably stretch my back out, get on the floor, get the yoga mat out. <laughs> You're um, all about self-care. You're good. And maybe uh, maybe make up some food and uh, probably <laughs> kick kick back on my lounge chair. That's probably what I would do. Wow. First, 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 first uh, <laughs> few, few uh, hour, hour or so after coming back from a trip. Yeah. 
So what would you do? <laughs> I think I need to take lessons from you. I, I definitely don't do that. Um, I'm thinking the last time I came back from, from Ireland, the first thing I did truthfully is hug my animals nonstop. Oh, um, yeah. Because I just, Finnegan, I couldn't put them down, you know, and my cats. But I just uh, miss my animals like very, very much. And if they can't go with me on a trip. So the first thing is I just kiss them, love them and maul them basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I'd be doing that too. Yeah. If they weren't with, yeah. Brachy wasn't with me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And the second thing truthfully that I do is um, I start cleaning my house. Okay. I, I start vacuuming it, cleaning it, cleaning my laundry from my trip. I'm like, need to be like, yeah. Organized. Usually we like to get it really clean before we leave. That so it's too. nice and clean when oh, we yeah. come home. Because so, I, I have you. a sitter. Yeah. Like I have a, yeah. because I have so many animals, you know, I have four cats and a dog. Yeah. So I have, I have a sitter who stays, who's probably already cleaned everything already, but it's like yeah. one of my things. Oh, that's cool. Okay. we got two more. Here's one for you. You'll like this. What are some of your favorite moments in nature? Oh boy. Um, remember we do have a time limit. I mean, just in general, <laughs> like I, I love being in the woods. Most people know that about me. Um, I had a magical moment this morning with a deer actually, um, where they, he came up to me and then we just kind of mirrored each other and, you know, I walked this way and they walked, you know, so that was beautiful. Didn't you see a fawn the other day? Like a baby fawn? I did. did I, 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 I almost... Almost yes, I almost it. stepped on a fawn. Yeah. I literally was like a few inches from stepping on a fawn because it was underneath the grass. And you know me, I'm off trail looking for mushrooms. Right. And so I'm trying to get back to the trail. And yeah, that was that was incredible. And the fawn didn't move at all. It was such a magical moment. Deer are one of my main animal totems yeah, too. And it. that's why they don't run away awesome. when I see them. They actually, they step back. And a lot of times, like this morning, the deer just kept coming towards us, you know. But I've had some magical moments in the ocean, too. I remember being in Australia when I learned how to surf. And one sunrise surf session, uh, we were surfing with dolphins. At first, I was like, oh, is that a shark? Should I be (laughs) alarmed? Uh, And I'm like, oh, no, it's swimming. It's swimming differently, you know. And then they they came and they, like, surfed with us. And that was, like... A very spiritual, magical moment. Have you ever have you ever been with a manatee? No, I have not. I want to do that. My friend Jill did that. She said you could pet their bellies and they feel the barnacle. They're just really gentle, I guess. Yeah. You surfed dolphins? That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. That's pretty cool. So my favorite moments are at the ocean. Podcast listeners. This is the point in the recording where we say goodbye to our Instagram Live viewers, but don't go away. Coming up, Kim and I discuss what we've learned from the pandemic, and of course, we will have our meditative moment. So you guys, we're looking forward to doing more Instagram Live podcast tapings. What else, Eric? What else do we want to tell them quickly? Well, we're going to be doing an episode, hopefully around like what's going on right now, you know, talking about fear and talking about the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. So that's going to be one of our next kind of Q&A episodes. Well, not Q&A, but, you know, episode like this. So, um, And so um, we love all our supporters. We thank you for your support. You can go over to Anchor. You can go wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe for 99 cents a month. You can become a part of the wellness team. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining us. Um, We can't wait to see you again. And thank you for all your support. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we look forward to doing this again. Bye. Bye. What have you learned about yourself during this pandemic? And does fear play a role in any of those lessons, do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
there's been so much fear, um, the collective fear, you know, and connecting with that at different times. Um, but I would say that one thing that I learned is that I have many tools to deal with fear and anxiety mm-hmm. and, and loss, you know, um, because, you know, we were all forced to kind of deal with these emotions and, and things falling away in our lives and being forced to do things that we, you know, weren't planning on doing. Um, so I guess the most important thing I learned about myself is that like, I'm very blessed to have all the tools, these tools at my disposal to, to handle the ups and downs of life. Um, and I think the fact that I've dealt with so much adversity in my life, you know, what I've dealt with with chronic illness, chronic pain, and just, you know, and, you know, the ups and downs of business, being self-employed and like kind of living an alternative lifestyle as it is, I think made it a little bit easier for me to handle it. Also, because I'm a homebody, I like to be at home. So it's easier for me to quarantine. Um, But, you know, but it's still, I'm not saying it was easy for me. I mean, I ended up getting the coronavirus and it was pretty intense, you know, mm. for a month or two around here. So, um, with, uh, Carrie and I both having it, but you know, ultimately I, I, I learned that I'm, I'm taken care of, you know, the universe mm. is take care, taking care of me and all of us and that we just have to keep having faith and shift our focus away from the fear and focus more on love, focus more on connection you know, focus more on the things that are good in your life, be grateful. And, you know, let feel all the emotions, you know, but find ways that you can shift to a more positive vibration. And and it's going to make it easier to live through these very difficult times that we're in. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm as of this moment, um, and the time that we're taping right now. um, I had not left my house except for three times since the beginning of March. And I haven't seen my family since February. And it's June 15th today while we're taping. And um, I've experienced all kinds of different emotions. I live alone with the exception of my, my animals. And I obviously am in high risk. I went to see my naturopath in a parking lot. That was one time I went out and I brought my dog to have blood work. Um, and my cat's ever eye checked and I stayed in the parking lot during those two times as well. So same thing as you, just doing a lot of self-care, doing a lot of creating, um, working on a lot of personal creations for my um, new book with Woo Kitty and, and doing a lot of stuff with the podcast and with clients, trying to stay afloat as a small business is very, very challenging right now. Um, but being grateful every morning, staying in a um, an attitude of gratitude, right? And realizing I'm growing all my food and added three more additional garden beds to my backyard, being grateful I have a backyard, being grateful that mm-hmm. I have the ability to get organic food shipped to me, that I'm able to get um, the meat that I have to cook from. I don't eat meat, but my dog has a very specific diet because of his health needs that I had to get shipped. And I have a, being grateful to have a freezer to put it in. Mm-hmm. Um all kinds of things, friends that have been able to pick up packages, the mail, or, you know, yourself when you're dropping off things, tinctures and things I needed, or my tea. Um, I'm very, very grateful for my family and friends. You know, it's been hard because I lost a friend in Ireland, a very close friend of mine's husband passed away unexpectedly from an accident. And my first initial thing was I wanted to be on a plane to be with her. And I can't, and I couldn't be down on the Cape when my dad was dealing with some serious health stuff and was hospitalized. Um, Couldn't be there to be with my mom. Couldn't be there with my cousin when she was hospital. Couldn't be there other than be there present within myself and sending them love. And, and that can be really hard. And I think this is a very challenging times for that. Um, and I think it will continue to be challenging for a while. And we all have to really stick together is the way yeah. in love. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how I see it. And I'm sticking to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So we have that upcoming episode um, on fear and, and um, 
I hope people and we'd like, you know, if that. you want to share your perspective, listeners, yeah. uh, if you want to put in a voice memo and maybe you can be a part of this episode, you know, share how you're feeling during these times. Like basically that last question that we just asked ourselves, you know, ask it to yourself and and put on voice memo on your phone. What have you learned about yourself during this pandemic? And mm. does fear play a role in these lessons? Right. Also, you know, or if you want to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement and how, you know, why that's important, what does that mean to you, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, share your perspectives and, you know, if you send us in and we really like it, guess what? You're going to be part of the episode. Yeah. So they send it to healingisinyourhands at gmail.com, right? Yep. Yeah. Or they can go over to Anchor. I don't think a lot of people do that. They should go over to Anchor and leave an audio message. That would be even better. Yeah, whatever works, either one will work. Yeah. 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 So um, we just want to really thank all of you during these challenging times, especially for supporting us. Um, we value you so much. We thank you for helping over at the Anchor app with the, you know, supporting us at 99 cents a month. I mean, it may not seem like a lot, but that's a huge support for us. Um, and becoming part of our wellness pod community every time you hit subscribe really keeps us up and running. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely subscribe to us and please rate us over on Apple Podcasts. Um, and like we said, if you're on Anchor, hit up that Anchor app and leave us an audio message. Or you can use the Voice Memo app to record a message and email it to us. And uh, yeah, we really love hearing from you guys. And we'd love to have you heard on a future episode. And you can obviously find us on Instagram, but we were just on live today. And Facebook at Healing is in Your Hands. Twitter with Healing is in You 1, and of course on Snapchat with Feral 20 and Earthwalker 11. Oh, now it's time for the meditative moment. So since things have been so serious, what I want you to do is get up and just start to move your body around, okay? And just focus on your breath. Let some, let some breaths out. Maybe do a little... <sighs> Just let yourself, just let everything fall away. Let it go. You're going to start to hear some sounds. Let yourself just flow to the sounds. Surprised uh, Rishi didn't start barking on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Uh, I love that meditative moment. So that's called a tongue box, what I was just playing there. And uh, you, you play with these little mallets, like think like a xylophone. Um, so it's pretty cool. So, yeah. So that's our little meditative moment. Thank you guys so much for all your support. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. 
Thanks for joining us, you guys. We look forward for more Instagram lives with all of you and stay tuned for the upcoming episode on fear and send in those responses to us so that you can be part of it. And I can't wait. Production of Healing is in Your Hands is by Andrea Maraskin with musical interludes by Craig Norton. Remember to subscribe and tell your friends. And if you have a minute, rate and review Healing is in Your Hands on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Until next time, friends, I'm Kim Fleck. And I'm Eric Harris. And remember that healing is in your hands. Thank you.